This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, it's Kurt. This is D. Wyatt. And I'm Paige. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the MFG Cast. This episode, we're going to be... This freight train of pandemic is going to keep rolling. You want more diseases, we're going to throw some some yellow fever in your face. Yeah, how you feel about that one? Probably not so good. <laughs> you want some malaria? Yeah, eat that. Eat some malaria. You want some typhus and some cholera? Yeah. Mmm, Delicious. Uh, so we're going to be talking, uh, this time we're going to be talking about Pandemic Iberia, a game that I was informed that wasn't supposed to come out to the whole world, but an, was an, was supposed to be an exclusive, and everybody cried about it because they wanted it to be special, but they weren't special. But are, isn't everybody special, though, in some way? I think we are. <laughs> sure, so, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, there are some people that are not special, there are lame wads. But um, the, come come learn with me, because I absolutely know nothing about this game either, but we're going to talk about it, because I've got two worthy scholars that are going to tell us all about it. So, yeah, Dan, take it away. And Paige. <laughs> so... So I kind of like this. We're just jumping right into the main topic. Uh, no, no. Like, oh yeah, yeah, on. yeah. I forgot. We we have something we're supposed to talk about beforehand, aren't we? That's what notes are for. And I'm not looking at them because I'm not a professional. All right. So before we talk about pandemic, I would love to just share one thing with everyone listening right now. We just had an hour conversation off mic about how like we're gonna start being more professional and get everything together and organized. <laughs> we're gonna do so well, we much better. Be. And then the yeah, second we, we hit that, sh- <laughs> as soon as we hit that shiny yeah. red button, it just almost goes downhill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what? All right, those are that's everything we needed to talk about. I'll uh, throw that away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll put that in my back pocket. Um, so, Paige, you actually had your was this? Did you say this is your first trade you've ever had? Yeah, it was. It was, uh... and it was through through BGG. It was not. It was uh, actually it no. It was through a Facebook group. Oh, and, nice! Which Facebook yeah. group? Let's get. Let's give them some love. Uh, it was the Canadian buy Canadian board game buy and sell group. I don't know the name of it. Oh come <laughs> on! Let's try and give. Let's them show love. them some love. Oh, some Canadian trading <laughs> the Canadian, buying group. The Canadian, Canadian Alliance of Board yeah. Gaming Rebel Trader uh, things. <laughs> I am looking here. Have up, have right. this game, eh? Okay. I'll give you mine in return. Yeah. Sorry, it is the Canadian board game buy trade sell group. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. Uh, so, so, how did this shape up? Uh, so I had a bunch of games that rarely got played. In the last year, we moved into a smaller house, so 
having game space kind of stressed out <laughs> my collection. And <laughs> I hit a tipping point. I said, I need to get rid of some games. Um, I've got a bunch of games that I want to get, and I'm sure I'll get soon. In the meantime, i got to get rid of stuff I'm not playing, rarely playing one or two plays, that sort of thing. Threw them up, saw, figured out, ah, you know, I'll, I'll see what happens. If things sell, they sell. If not, I mean, I, I still have games that I've purchased and am happy with, so it's a win-win for me. <laughs> From there, I had a guy looking for one of the games that I've uh, put up, my Wrath of the Righteous Pathfinder Adventure card game. And I that was all I put up. And uh, he checked out my BGG account and said, well, would you be willing to get rid of your Skulls and Shackles stuff too? I was a bit hesitant, but I uh, let him beat me up into it. And yeah, I traded those two base games well i traded the base game of wrath of the righteous and the skulls and shackles with all the adventures and the character add-on for caverna role player and terraforming mars and that was it was good it's yeah. it's a nerve-wracking experience you made out like a bandit though on that trade yeah <laughs> i i feel like i did all right i'm i'm happy He's he was happy with everything, so I mean, I guess it, it's where you put the worth, right? <laughs> it's it's also it's good because yeah. all those games are also solo play. So I mean, if you were doing a lot of the uh, the Pathfinder game solo, at least now you got a variety of solo. Yeah, that uh, that was a big part of why they were even on my wish list is because there are things that I can set up and and play uh, solo, which is lately yeah. the only way I've been playing. <laughs> Oh, sad. Yeah. I'm like, when you told me all the stuff you were getting, like, I think all the games that were traded, no matter where, which one you pick out, they're all awesome. But, like, I felt like, like, I don't feel like you ripped them off. I just feel like, like, how did that happen? Like, I could never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess it's where um, the the priorities are for what you're looking for right i mean he was he's got a group of uh ex role players they can't do role-playing games the way they want to anymore and this scratches the same itch and uh he uh i talked to him a bit afterwards and he's he's making a system where he's combining all of the base games Good and God. all of the adventures and he is just making a huge crazy universe and it, it sounds cool he just needed the content to be able to do it so it was worth it for him the path the pathfinder of wrath of the righteous did you actually play it a few times before you got rid of it or was that just like on standby for when you were done skulls and shackles oh no i played it i uh um i liked having the uh variety of it but i was not super happy with it how far did you make it in that thing? Uh, not far enough to get the new abilities that come, that the whole base um, focused on. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, we we got our shit kicked in like five times in a row, and I ended up trading my copy of that game for a cheese pizza. <laughs> and. Uh, 
So which one are we? I I literally was thinking about something else. Which one are which one are you guys? The talking Wrath about? of the Righteous. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. That's the third one. So, um, I actually got a copy from Taco <laughs> to review it. So, nice. um, when I reviewed it, you know, I was reading through the rules, and they were giving me all these rules for these, um, like special like, abilities that you I have. Think it was- I, I, it was like miracle ability or something, right? It was yeah. something you would unlock like in the third chapter, I think. Yeah, but you can't just buy the game and have the new ability to try out. You have to get it in the third chapter. It was a. It was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so one other thing, Kurt, that was cool. Like, there were these cursed items that you can get that later mm-hmm. on you can purify them and they become a different item. I, but that I also. Like that. Yeah, but it also requires you, like, beating the adventure to get to that point, and that was the thing we couldn't do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those those games are a lot harder than than you would think. Because we, um, I had posted the other day about playing the first game, the Rise of, Rise of the Rune Lords, and uh, Paige was like, oh, now you're making me feel bad. I got rid of all, <laughs> you know, got rid of my games. And I'm like, well, you know, like, I was, I was thinking about when we played it the other day, because we haven't played through this base game yet. And I think I'm on my third character, I think. So it's just, yeah, it's just, those games are pretty brutal. It's pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah. And you really like, you almost have to know what goes well with your person and really stick to that and really remember that. Because even if you like, like when we upgrade our characters, like uh, Mike, I play with Mike, and Mike has like a little piece of paper that he keeps all the notes of like what's everything, what's on everybody. We don't actually mark the character cards, right? And a lot of times when I, we when we have that piece of paper there, I'm like, I always forget about it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot my character. If I uh, recharge a card, I can add a one d six plus one. But then I also forget that there's this little text yeah. past that that says I can discard that card to get another D4 or D6 or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, oh, man, I keep forgetting that, you know? So what we did... And it's like... It, you. Oh, sorry. So what we did for, uh, like, not marking on the card itself, I would just sleeve the player card and then just put a permanent Mark marker the... on the sleeve. And yeah. that... It was... Yeah. Well, what I was thinking about doing, too, is just is just... Uh, uh, copying the card and just on cardstock and just having my own card um, and being yeah, like, here, I'm gonna mark works. every single thing on it. You also, know? one other thing they have too is uh, I saw on a couple of sites you might even find links on BGG character sheets of the card. So all your abilities are in a much larger font and more prevalent. Like you can highlight it to go. That's right. I can splash on acid damage if I need to. Like things like that. Yeah, so you can have it on big pieces of paper for old people. Yeah. So it's like, oh, hey, look at this large pr- large print. I can actually see what's going on and not this tiny card. That's yeah. So now, uh, now I know we've been talking about the things that you gave up for 10 minutes. The stuff that you got, have you gotten to play any of them? Uh, so I had played Terraforming Mars and Caverna before. So okay, cool. uh, those previous one or two plays of each are what prompted me to put them on the list. Um, and uh, role player, I got about halfway through a game, and I have a three-month-old that will not let me finish a game that I start. 
so I haven't been able to finish it yet. <laughs> did, did you look at your dice placement and he's like, get better, noob? Yeah. <laughs> yep. She just makes me feel terrible about everything that I decide to do. No. She's like, I don't even know the fundamental colors and I know this character's crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's funny. I, I was really enjoying it. It's just one of those things where I, you know, you work so many hours, you come home, baby finally goes to sleep, and then. Um, I only get a few minutes to myself, and I want to go to bed. So, <laughs> yeah, we got to try to get you in a tabletopia with that going on. That's a pretty fun thing that Kurt and I played online once or twice. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. This way we can save the game state. You don't have to worry about things being knocked over, even if it takes us two months. We can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you don't have to pay anything because we paid the money for it. So then you can actually just click on the link and play with us. Well, well, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another thing I wanted to talk about that I think uh, Paige can jump on on this because we talk, we kind of talked about it a little bit before before we recorded, and uh, I'm excited to talk about old people stuff. I was able to beat a video game for once in like forever. Really? No. <laughs> yeah, I finally beat Dishonored. I finally got the gall and the wherewithal to get through the whole damn thing. I, I think you're mispronouncing that game. I believe it's Dishono Red. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a game from what? I think it's from 2012. That's how old this game is, but it's still super fun. And uh, I was talking to uh, a guy that I work with, actually, because he's like, oh, that's such a good game. And he's like, so how did you play it? Did you play it stealth or did you play it, you know, brutal? And I'm like, I don't... I, like, if if I were in Dungeons & Dragons, I would not be a stealthy person. I would be that <laughs> barbarian that's like, oh, I'm so loud, what's that over there? You know, like, that's just, I'm just not, I'm not the guy that's going to go and give a guy a chokehold. I'm like, it's easier to just be like, stab, you're gone, bye, see ya, you know, and like, and it even helps with that special ability. They have a special ability that if you sneak up behind somebody and you, and you, and you get them, then they disappear. You know, they basically, like, I can't remember what, the, the spirit kind of floats away or whatever, you know. And I'm like, God, that's so much easier than, like, oh, I got to go choke this guy. Oh, wait, I have to throw him in a corner so this other guard doesn't see him. Oh, wait, now I have to, like, oh, oh it's, you know, oh, now this guy's coming in here now, so now I got to choke hold him, throw him on this other pile of this other guy wait a minute they're definitely gonna see these two guys sitting here wait i'll put one guy in the ocean here and then i'll put this so, other guy so hit, like i'm not hitman is not your game then yeah exactly like <laughs> well it's funny it's 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 like uh back when i used to play all the metal gear games like i love those games but like if you know the exclamation point sound when you get uh when you get noticed I kn I got that sound all the time because I was not I was not very good at hiding because I have no patience for that kind of stuff. Uh, it's so, like the, but it was just it's oh, just like the it was just so excited to do it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's like the Tom Clancy games too. I had the same problem with those. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like they're super fun because like they're so they're so cool and they're you know they're they're it's so dramatic and stuff like that but it's like yeah i need just, like 90 percent. i need like 90 percent run and gun and 10 percent like okay i can sneak around and kill this one guy 
But I don't have to worry <laughs> about where to bring his body so I don't get noticed later. Like, it, it's just yeah, that. Yeah. Like, it's just the touches of stealth is what I like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's why uh, you need to play that Shadow of Mordor game. It's like, the stealth stuff is very advantageous, but if you're good enough on your dodges and parries, you can just be like, oh, there's 75 orcs? Yeah, I'm just killing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like the old school gauntlet is my game, just like hack. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so what game? What game did you end up uh, beating? Uh, so no, I mean it wasn't recently, but uh, I beat uh, The Last of Us on the PS4, and Ooh. it was probably one of about three games I've ever actually fully beaten, and it is just <laughs> a satisfying thing to see those end credits come up and you know you get to you get to watch and then you want to shut your playstation off because it's like okay this is taking forever <laughs> but i, I mean <laughs> yeah, exactly. having the satisfaction of going I've, i i know the story now i know how it ends it's it's such a mm-hmm. an amazing feeling that you take for granted until you get it and then mm-hmm. you're like i need that i want that again <laughs> mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I remember back in the day, it used to be so easy to do that, you know, just like, because you had nothing else. Yeah. You, know, you were just like, okay, I'll just play, you know, these Final Fantasy games until completion 80 hours later go, wow, where did my life just go? But, you know, but once you got to the end, you were like, you know, I got I got cloud through this whole story or I got, you know, you know, I got, um, you know, Johnny through this whole story or whatever, you know, it's like, it's just, it's crazy to, you know, to think about like now you can't even do that you know to think like okay like you know some of the games that you play today because we're older and we there's so many other things that take up our time it's like sometimes you'll play a game and you'll come back to it and you go i have absolutely no clue where i am right now you know it's like yeah i don't know where to go you know it's like just you know hopefully this game has a good like pointing you in the right direction yeah. unless you're you know yeah. I'll, Otherwise, you might as well write it down to you know have a recap of what where you're at when you quest stop. markers are critical in modern games. Yeah, yeah for you need sure. A recap mode yeah. every time. It's... You don't have a quest marker. This is what you did. Not buying this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's where you were at six months. Uh, six months later. Here's what happened there, so. last time you played. Yeah. <laughs> and instantly. Yeah, replay. yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> that would be awesome. That would actually be a really good, a really good thing. I mean, I'm sure that no one would ever do it just because they, you know, they don't want you to put it down. But yeah. it'd be kind of a cool thing, like do almost do like a, you know, like a dramatic TV show like rundown of you know what you just did the last like yeah. you know, hour of gameplay or something. There's like actually that, you know? um. Oh my god, not Call of Duty. Uh, Battlefield? I, like, one of the most recent Battlefields was almost like an urban setting. And that's what they did at the beginning of each chapter. Like, it was almost like, oh, it, really? like yeah, it was like a dramatic show or something. Uh, like, you know, like, previously. And, like, it showed, like, you know, what got you to this <laughs> mission. So I was like, that's a cool idea. Yeah, that's awesome. They're brilliant, like I am. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love that. That's cool. So on a side note, uh, since you guys were talking about beating video games, as you kind of know, I usually play the video games that you can never beat and you spend 7,000 hours in, like Disgaea and all those <laughs> types of games. If you have a DS, Coldcept Revolution, or Coldcept Revolt is out. Uh, Coldcept is essentially Magic the Gathering meets Monopoly. 
So you are literally summoning creatures to like property, like to territories. If they match that territory, they're even stronger. Every time you like win or lose, you get credits to get more packs inside the shop and everything. Uh, like I think I'm like 50 hours into this thing and I'm like on chapter four because I'm just like must do every side thing, get more cards. So <laughs> if, if you have a DS That's and awesome. you want to see all your hours go away, Cold Soft Revolt is a pretty good deal. <laughs> Yeah. Another thing that I thought thought was kind of cool for any old school gamers that may know this game and I'm a huge fan. Um they found a port uh, or somebody is doing a port of Chrono Trigger yes. or Chrono Trigger and they're putting it on PC. I'm like, "Oh my god. That's awesome. I love that game." Yep. I would love to get lost in that game again. So fun. Yeah, like and it was on a lot like it was like that was originally an SNES game then they put it out on like the old mm-hmm. PlayStation the first PlayStation. Um, then oh, they awesome. also, I think they released it for like either DS or then just like straight up GBA or something too at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, yeah. that was one of those. I can't remember which, but yeah. Oh, one of my, one of my, one of my all time favorite games. Such a great story. Oh, so yeah. It, it's like, it's one of those stories that, you know, like I haven't really seen, uh, anyone come close to in like the last like 15 years of gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's got such a good heart in it. I like that. It's cool. All right. Well, talking. Let's let's go from heartwarming to not so heartwarming. Let's talk about some <laughs> pandemic let's, ideas. Let's talk about some heart stopping. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, so, you mind if I kick this one off? I would love you to. So, uh, so you know, as you may have heard on all the previous things, we're talking about these world of pandemic games, except we're only comparing them to base pandemic. We're not actually discussing base pandemic. Because that's a thing that we're doing. <laughs> I, so Iberia uh, mixes it up once more with the concept of it is many years ago and it changes a lot of the uh, transport options. No more planes. So getting around on the board is a lot harder. But it introduces a rail system that you can create. So that's kind of cool. But don't forget, that takes actions. Oh, and there's only so many rails that you can use. So don't get too used to easy travel. Uh, another idea is this. There is no disease eradication anymore. And you know that thing that you forgot about, Kurt, where like when you eradicate it, like, you know, when you treat the disease and you find the cure, you remove all the cubes. Yeah, Go back yeah, to forgetting yeah, that because yeah. you don't do that in Iberia. You still only get rid of one cube when you treat oh. the disease. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm never playing this game because I'm not having it fuck up my whole life when it comes to <laughs> pandemic but, games. And here's another thing that's fun. You know, like in normal pandemic, you build the research centers and you can be like, oh man, I'm just going to go there and like cure the blue disease and stuff like that. And you go to the center and you put up, give up your five cards and you're all happy because you got your cure. Yeah, that doesn't happen in this game. There's actually four specific color hospitals and you have to build a blue hospital in the blue district and you research the blue disease there. So, <laughs> Hey, that's racist. I don't like that idea. Well, this game is really hard for me because I don't see color. Because so. <laughs> you're colorblind? Sorry. You would see I, the blue. I treat all diseases equally. But yeah, so nice. I mean, it's like, it's very different with all that. The roles are a bit different. Like, even like the way of handling the game, uh, there's no more quarantine in this one. It's actually like purifying water, which is pretty cool. And uh, another big difference is it's not putting it on the cities. It's the space between the cities. So it now gives you regions where it's like 
this region might be touching four cities. This region might only be touching two or three. Like, I'm sorry, like three. It's always at least three, but it can be touching as many as like five or six. So when you purify water, you purify it for this region. So that's pretty cool because you're covering six cities. Except the first two disease cubes that hit those cities get removed from like, you know, instead of like uh, going on the board, you get rid of the water. So you're like, oh, cool, I'll save these cities. And then the cards come up in the order you don't want them to. So you're not really saving those cities at all. So they're still going down in flames. So that hurts. But uh, they change it up. Like, you know, the rolls are a little different now. Uh, they don't feel like completely recycled. There's no more transport specialist. And there's not the guy that can just get rid of all three disease cubes. But it's a little close. So there, there's a lot of nice mix-ups in this game. Before we get into, like, any of the components and the other stuff, like, Paige, like, compared to, like, regular Pandemic, what would you say, like, was a little more of the hardships, or was there anything easier in this one? I haven't played nearly as much to be able to compare accurately, but in the first couple of tries that I had gone through, I don't know that there's very much that's easier. (laughs) I think you kind of get a feel for the way your disease deck is going and you can kind of build your railroad around that but i don't necessarily think that's an easier thing i just think that that it's it's a different way of thinking about pandemic yeah it's like the way that the board works like uh so the main modes of transport is you can build a rail system and you can sail from a port to another port city but running around on foot in this game is brutal and will destroy you like the railroad is not an option it is the option you have to work on a system otherwise you'll never beat this without a rail system yeah oh for sure but i think so when you get your cards going and you've you're uh putting your diseases through the cities you have a bit of an idea in pandemic base game and as well as this because you're shuffling the same group of cards off the top and you can kind of work with that as a as a base structure for your railroad and you kind of splinter off of that sort of baseline that kind of intersects everything and I I, I really like that about the game um, I need to play a few more times to get good at it but I really like the idea of it yeah, it's it's brutal when the diseases start on like opposite ports, because you're yeah. like, we can't keep using cards to sail around the world. We actually had a situation. Me and Kim played a couple of games before recording tonight because I I wanted to go. Maybe we can beat it once, and that'll be fun to talk about. We're not going to be discussing that tonight because it didn't happen. <laughs> um, but like one of the things that was incredibly brutal was at one point I had four black cards and three yellow cards in my hand. We counted out the discard pile. We could not afford to discard one more yellow or one more black card. We needed every single one of those cards to be able to win. But since I had four and three of them, we would never be able to win with a hand size of seven. So we're like, oh, well, the disease is just going to outlive us, I guess. And like, sure enough, we died from decking out. Oh, man. We were able to keep the disease under check, but then I guess we died of old age or something, you know. The one thing that I would love from now on is after playing, because we've been playing so much Pandemic over the last like two months, like in preparation for all these like recordings and episodes, 
from now on, anytime I meet somebody and they're like, I don't know, man, I, you know, I don't trust doctors. How come they can't cure cancer? I'm just going to go, hands limit. You know, they've got seven cards and they're screwed. That's why there's no cure to cancer. <laughs> hands limits. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, the thing the thing that makes me laugh about all of these games that we've been talking about, like it doesn't matter which pandemic you're looking at. Um, the word and I and it's funny that Dan said it because I was thinking it in my head was brutal. Like yeah. none of these games take it lightly on you. You know, it it really and I, I think I've said this in previous episodes with the other pandemics. It's like this these games just show you that. This is not a joke, and you're probably it's probably gonna end up like every movie you see where there's a bad ending and you don't like it. It's just gonna happen <laughs> anyway, you know. It's like that. Uh, I just think of uh, Mortal Kombat where they have the brutality. You know, it's just that's the first thing that hits in my head because it's just like all this stuff is coming at you, and you you have to. F- find a way to really outsmart the game and in the fact that there's it doesn't seem like there's that many ways to outsmart a lot of these games is pretty incredible if you think about it that way kim kim is actually very fond of how hard these games are and to me that's pretty awesome like i like that she's always down for the challenge each, each of them feels very different. Like, all right, so we were talking about how Reign of Cthulhu, we got our ass handed to us like 10 times, in our, you know, so far. That game, it's it's definitely a war of attrition. Like, the Ancient Ones are awakening, and the cultists are popping more and more. So it's like, man, we got to constantly run around and take care of these things, like, because it's, it's like that limited supply. So that threat feels very different. In Iberia... It's just the knowing that you have to expend so much for such little return and that it's it's a constant struggle. Like in both of our two player games, the thing that we found interesting was we were never we never had like the outbreak rating above three. It was never the diseases were just exploding out of control. It was trying to keep up on getting those hospitals going. You know, so it was a, a very different pressure. Like we got two hospitals built where almost halfway through the deck we're like we we need to have these cards doing things like we can't keep burning cards so that was like another different you know challenge like it was very different than the other pandemics which again i thought was like a really cool concept now one other thing like Paige, like from uh from your plays what did you think of the roles like did you find do you have a favorite did you did you find these guys like you know more varied over the other pandemics um I liked them, I believe. <laughs> I oh, honestly, it's been uh, a bit since I've played, and my head is just burnt out from the baby, so I, I can't think of them right now. But I, I think I liked them. Um, they felt like they worked for what needed to happen in the game. Um, I, I felt that they were beneficial abilities. I, I can't think of the abilities right now. To, uh, be completely honest yeah. i mean I'll, like uh, <laughs> I, a couple of the quick ones like the nurse like um the nurse is the one that whenever she moves around she brings that prevention token with her which almost acts like the purify water but it never runs out right so um, like she was cool yeah i liked i liked her she was a a bit along the lines of a the medic in a sense right 
Yeah, she was almost like that, uh, what was it, like the quarantine specialist, except like a bigger net. Because she can, like, she protects oh, a... Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, she was good. Um, I felt she was more relevant in this game than the quarantine specialist was in base. Yeah, it's like, um, one, one thing that I find funny is there's a politician. <laughs> and, uh... So, so it's basically the politician is like, you can give a city card to a player in any city, but you got to be in the one that you're giving them. So they're almost like that, like Kurt, what is it in the normal game? Like communication specialist or something? The guy that can just give away his cards left and right? Yeah, I think so. So he's kind of like a limited communication guy. And then you can also like swap city cards in your hands with ones in the discard pile. So it's like... Oh, like, you know, this red card is here. I'm in that study. Let me just swap it and now I can send it off to you. So stuff like that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's cool. I, li- I like that idea because there's always one or two cards that get into that discard pile and you're like, oh, man, if we only had that, that would have really swung this game. Yeah, seriously. Um, and the thing is, it actually notes, like, he has to be in, at, like, in a city of either of the cards being swapped, the one that's in his hand or the one that he's taken from discard. Stuff like that's cool. Like, of course, nice. you know, I mentioned the rail railroads, so you know there's somebody that benefits with that. There's the railwayman that, like, once per turn when he does build railroads, you can put an extra extension in the railroad out. But, again, that's another thing that's in limited supply. Like, Pandemic, the infamous game of tight, tight, tight. Those purified water tokens, limited supply. The rail tokens, yeah. limited supply. It, it's rough. Yeah. Well, it works out with the theme, though, too, if you think about it, because it's like, you know, if you're trying to do the rail railway, like that's, you know, it's back when they were when it first started. So it's like, you know, they're probably like, oh, we don't have enough, you know, we don't have enough wood or we don't have enough, steel, or... you know, yeah. steel. Yeah, exactly. You know, with the purified water, it's like, OK, we only have so many places where we can fix this water, you know, and it's only going to be so much, you know, and then you're going to run out because, you know everything's busy or something breaks down now yeah. like oh uh after you page uh, no i was just agreeing <laughs> <laughs> i like the way this guy thinks yeah um <laughs> so one other thing that's really cool is like um so uh and i'm gonna throw in a about the bits because it actually ties into the thematic on this this is also the only pandemic where it's all wood cubes wood hospitals wood like you know, most of the pandemics, it's plastic, right? Like the plastic cubes and the plastic uh, vials and like outbreak token. The fact that it's a game of like, you know, yesteryear and it has really nice vibrant colors. The art on the character cards is really, you know, like it feels like a, a you know, almost like a harsh tone to it. Like, you know, it's a really good renderings. But the fact that it's the wood cubes and wood bits and a wood outbreak token kind of like makes it feel more right for the for the time period that the game is taking place in i thought that was really cool and the game also has a nice variety to it because like first of all you can also play like you know kurt was mentioning uh you know malaria and typhus and that's because you can actually play with those diseases in this game and what they do is you can use one or more disease cards. Why you would do this to yourself, I don't know. I want to beat the game once before I do those. But like, say for example, um, Typhus. Curing that is a little harder, right? You know, because it was like, uh, 
And they actually have a historic section back here. So it's like, um, it was propagated by like lice, mites, fleas, and ticks and big cities and everything. And it rose even more after natural disasters and like cities that were affected by war. So the game effect is if you want to play with Typhus, if there's more than one red cube in a city, it now takes two actions to remove a red cube because the disease is so deep rooted in that city now. The yellow fever is horrific because with that, it's like, oh, whenever you put a yellow cube in a port city, you also put it in each adjacent port city, you know, because it spreads really, really fast amongst the riverways and the sailors and all that. That sucks. <laughs> it's like, you know, especially say you get the pandemic card and you're like, oh, sweet. Uh, it goes on Cartagena. Now it's going everywhere else too. Awesome. <laughs> on top of that, and this is, I think, my favorite thing, there's the influx of patients challenge. So the cubes are not just diseases. They're actually people. And once you build a hospital, they start flocking to the hospital to be treated. So when you build a hospital, at the end of each player's turn, a cube of that color moves to the hospital. Of course, because, I mean, come on. Does I would want to be cured of malaria or yellow fever. Yeah. You know? And... You 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 build me that hospital. I'm gonna go there. And here's the and here's what makes it really fun, Kurt. Even though they're people, they're still diseased people. So you want to guess what happens when four of them gather in a city? Kaflui. Hit you. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I get a little bit on you? And, sorry. And, yeah. So besides a nice little outbreak for you, here's another fun thing. Because they're people, they can take the rails. So if a rail system will get them to that hospital faster, they're just there. <laughs> <laughs> the cubes, the cubes are people. Yeah, pretty much. Um, with uh, my my Jersey group, which uh, by the way, we have finally finished Pandemic uh, Legacy Season One with that group. Um, we've only nice. my friend uh, George Z only likes to play with the patient influx. He thinks that's awesome. And it is savage. It is so savage. Because we've had it where it's like people came, they flocked, they caused an outbreak, they, you know, they scatter. And it's funny because the people actually scatter because they're afraid of the, like, you know, like more disease spreading. But then they, you know, like, oh, well, I'm sure the other guys didn't go back to the hospital. I'm going to go to the hospital. But every one of them does that. So three turns later, it all happens all over again. <laughs> it, it is very strategic. It is very tough. Um, we are so far at seven plays, zero wins. I'm also okay with it because, uh, it, I like this one a lot. It's, um, it just looks great. It's the roles really feel thematic. Like they fit in well. And, uh, I, I like it. I'm like determined to try each role twice before I even like pick which one is like my guy, like, you know, like my go-to. So... But Iberia is really good, and for me, really challenging. If somebody if somebody has beat this or something, I would love to hear stories, because uh, I haven't done it, and no, neither has anyone in my group so far. <laughs> Have you ever beat it at all, Paige, or no? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I haven't uh, been able to, <laughs> to get anywhere close to beating it. <laughs> there's there's something really sad about not even being able to build a fourth hospital before you lose. You like. Yeah. Come on! <laughs> it's like I need. So that to... would be that would actually be a 
That would actually be a good game challenge to be like, okay, we're going to beat this game one time. <laughs> That's what we said every game after the third. <laughs> <laughs> we no have kidding, to do right? it this time. Okay, let's try this one more time. Um, yeah. Well, and just think about it. You, you may not have been able to play this game had it had they not changed their minds and let it out to the public. Yeah, and um, so one they, other thing about it that's really great is it's twenty seven bucks on Amazon. That is oh, crazy nice. cheap for a good pandemic game. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's rated as one of the higher pandemic games on Board Game Geek. It's rated at eight point one right now, which is phenomenal. Yeah, and um. So let's see. Uh, yeah, its overall rank is ninety six. In strategy, it's fifty nine. I mean, that's really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, and so we don't uh, neglect those that have made. You know, of course, Matt Leacock is a uh, hands on in the pandemic universe, but Jesus Torres Castro also helped out on this one, and also the artist is Atha uh, Kanani and Chris Williams. The art is outrageously good it's it's like i mean uh you know i mean there's only so many arts you're gonna see in the game like it's just like mainly the roles or anything but they actually included the art of pandemic iberia in the box it's like a simple like maybe like eight page book or so but it shows you like various different sketches that they had for some of the roles and all that and again awesome you know like i never had a pandemic that came with an art book before it's not needed but definitely nice to have yeah, it's almost like a small history lesson. So you you know it makes you know it all, it makes me want to just look at what happened back then and just the history of it. You know, it just it looks it make it, it it intrigues me. Yeah. Um. One other thing that I think is really cool is uh, at the end of the um like the last page of the rule book is actually historic information on all your event cards and the diseases. You know, so it's not like they're in there for arbitrary reasons. Like, there's actually, like, research that went into this. And I think that, like, just rings through true, like, on, you know, the feel of the game when you're playing it. Has it sparked your curiosity? Do you want to get in on some Iberia now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and you talked about this before. Like, it, it, it's interesting to think that with how, like, no matter how like pathetic you will play in these games and lose out horribly, you go okay. Let's do it again. You know how much a game can beat you up a lot, and you you still come back for more. You know, I, so you know with most of these games, like well, I think actually any of the pandemic games, like none of these like don't pique my interest because number one, they've got a good pedigree. Number two, they've obviously sold enough because you you know you see all these ratings on on Board Game Geek about you know how many people have played it you know like it's just it's one of those things where it's like obviously this many this many plays by this many people can't can't be wrong you know so can't be ignored anyway <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I mean for what it's worth uh, <laughs> this game is marked uh, off at over 8,000 people owning it and this is just BGG registry you know uh, over 8,000 owning it yeah. and one and a half thousand have it on their wish list you know thanks uh, hopefully uh, you know a few of those people have listened to this and decided that at 27 bucks it's definitely worth going to mfgcast.com and using those Amazon links and ordering this game 
That's right. That's right. Don't go to Amazon.com. It doesn't work anymore. You have to go to MFGCast.com. We have the link that makes Amazon work yep. from there on out. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Go right to it. Give us your money. <laughs> That's what we're saying. So. <laughs> All right, Kurt, so we know our opinions of Pandemic Iberia, but it's not just about us. It's about everyone else out there. So why don't we see what some of the people said on our Facebook post about what they think about a Pandemic Iberia. Awesome. Blaine Riffle says, Best game in the series. The perfect blend of gameplay with the right additions are with right additions to keep me coming back. Yeah, I would definitely say that is beyond true. The theme is so good in this one, especially when the, uh, the cubes can become roaming patients. I love that. I agree. No, I didn't play it, so I don't know. Okay, so next one. <laughs> no, that is it. That is a good. I mean, it seems like everybody's got a great opinion on this, and or for the most part, and you know, again, we've talked about it. It's rated really high, so obviously there is a reason for it. Uh, Jason, whoa, I'm gonna ruin this one big time. Jason, Leroux. There's an extra H at the beginning, so it's it's probably silent, but. Knowing me, I'll probably get it wrong. So it sounds like Jay Rowe says, By far the most beautiful and thoughtfully produced and packaged version of the game. I love the railroad and water store actions. It's hard, but winnable, and some scaling to it as well. What a great game. My favorite version of Pandemic for sure. Wait a minute, but winnable? I mean, come on. Who's win? Who's winning any Pandemic game, really? <laughs> Jason, please help me. <laughs> Give me tips. See, it's not that I think the game is unwinnable. I think it's unwinnable by me so far. So I think Jason's onto something here. And lastly, we have Jim Stark that says, I love it. Significantly different enough from any of the other Pandemic games that it is worth having. Which is good because, you know, we've talked about it in this episode. It's like, it seems like they go go out of their way to make every single one a little different from the next. Obviously, they're going to have little bits and pieces that are the same. Otherwise, why call it Pandemic in the first place? But, um, yeah, it just seems like the theme really matches and really has this thing that kind of pulls you in. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more on that one, man. So that's just a, a few of the highlights that we got from our Facebook post. And here's another thing, too. Always feel free to jump in on these. Whenever we post, we love to get other people's opinions. And uh, who knows? You'll be the next quote on an upcoming episode. That's right. We, we want to get you more involved, so please get involved with us. That'd be great. So yeah, that was Pandemic Iberia. Next episode, we're going to be talking about, oh, pretty much the most exciting game slash games. Um, I won't be able to talk about Season 2, but maybe we can have uh, one of my other two colleagues talk about it. But we're going to talk about some Pandemic Legacy. I, because, I mean, who doesn't want to talk about that? I do. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, we started up Season 2. I can tell you this much. It plays a bit differently the character creation is dope as hell and um if you're tired like for people that are like oh i'm tired of the pandemic formula this one is very different and i would say uh check it out it's this is a game that feels like yeah. it's in the pandemic world I, I mean yeah classic four actions per turn draw the cards yada yada but how you're playing it is so different so yeah, and it's and it's already rated only point one uh, points under Legacy really? Season One. So obviously, oh. obviously, it's doing well. <laughs> that is awesome, dude. So that'll be our yeah. So that'll be our next episode. Make sure, make sure you check out a few other things like subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
Um, just recently, I just talked to Alex Jarzabinski from BattleBards about their uh, BattleBards Prime, where they've got a subscription service now where you can pay um, anywhere from $7.95 a month or $9.99 a month, and you can get over 1600 of BattleBards premium audio and you can use their whole library it's gonna be it's worth it so check out that interview we also got some uh old episodes of games that you should know we talk about a bunch of things like orleans and yada 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 check that out too if you want to same old thing you hear in every single episode of any other podcast go to itunes give us a review i'm not gonna say five stars you give it what you want it but please don't don't say it's a thing because somebody did that was it Paige? Yeah, was it Paige? Was, say, was it me? <laughs> <laughs> Probably was. You jerk. It sounds but like it would be me. Until next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably would be. Jeez. You filthy oh, king. Well. <laughs> all right. So until next time. That's not cool to say at <laughs> I'm all. I'm Kurt. And I'm D.Y. Yeah, I know, right? I, I showered uh, today. Thank you very much. <laughs> You smell terrific. (laughs) Not filthy at all. (laughs) And this was the MFG cast. (laughs) Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.